Good morning, everybody, and welcome. This is Mark Husson. This is the Mark Husson Show. And if you're listening live, it's about 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern. How the heck are you? It's June 5th. The moon went into Pisces while you were sleeping. Did you feel it? Woo! Lord, did you feel it? I bet you did. And today we have some good stuff coming up. I have a lot of things I want to talk to you about. I've done some introspection about what where I want to take my show and where I'd like to join you in learning. Um, I miss the deeper psychological aspects of astrology, as I know you do too. Like, there's only so much superficiality this audience can take. And I think I want to explore some possibilities with you. So in the news, um, not my newsletter, but it would be, yeah, I guess it is my mailing list for Mark, the Mark Husson show. I sent two very, very, I love these handouts I sent. And the reason I put them there is because I want to respect the people who signed up for that mailing list because these are very special handouts that I had professionally done. It's about the elements and the modalities. Now, I'm not trying to be a smart butt and not give it to other people, but because the graphic designer who helped me sees me giving them out just randomly on Facebook, I got a lot of crap for that last time. So now I'm just respectfully sending them out to the mailing list. So uh, get on that mailing list so you don't miss anything. Um, uh, You can go to markhusson.com. And look under uh, on the right-hand column, and you can subscribe to anything there. You'll see it. And you can also go to one2house.com, and uh, the mailing lists that you can join are right there in your face at the top left-hand side. Just sign up. I mean, you know what? We're not Facebook. We never lied to you. We never took your information and sold it without telling you. We're the people that you can yell at directly, because, and I get it all the time. Quit sending me stuff. <laughs> okay, we will. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, you could just click unsubscribe. But um, so we're not the bad guys here, really. We're just doing what we can do. And we seriously have never I don't know any of us, this group here that has ever even thought about what you do with mailing lists, except send them your newsletters. So come join us. It really is okay. And um, you have to take my word for that, don't you? So and then you can join us another way, too. You can get over to one radio.com right now. And click the chat link on the left-hand side, and you'll be teleported magically over into our Facebook page. Christy put up my banner. You'll see it, and you just look at the comment section on the bottom right. Click it, and then click the top line. When that opens up for you, click it again where it says view previous comments, and that will take you to the chart of today. Now, everybody got today's chart um, that's in the chat room and who also on the mailing list, the mailing list people got it too. The reason we have today's chart is so that you can see where the planets are and what you're going to do and what you're going to need to do at some point is be able to pull these guys out of this chart and put them in your chart. And if you get that, and I, that's what I am committed to helping you learn. If you get that, (laughs) you got it. You got all of astrology. I found some really cool handouts that I had created a while ago to show you again, how this outside wheel looks like a clock. It works just like a clock. It is simply a map. It is not this supposed to be this big, confusing metaphor. Um, uh, not a mandala. It is a map that literally has points and destinations on it that you can say, where is six degrees of Libra and you can look at your chart and know exactly where it is and you put a planet in that position and that's that will help you understand relationships it will help you understand yourself and um, for the most part it will give you you will be one of that 10% who uh, know more than just what a horoscope is, right? You'll be one of those people that say, you know, I, I look at astrology and astrology is still, it's a pariah in the science, in the, in the science world. And I understand that. It's so, it's so filled with superstition and, um, you know, horoscopes and all that. So when people, I, I went from saying I'm an astrologer to I'm a therapist and the results were remarkably different. People treat you way different. And I understand that. I really do. I would, I, I would, I have my own prejudices about people saying, you know, what if somebody put on a on a um, application, I'm a shaman. I would. I mean, not only is that offensive to to the Native American culture, it's it's offensive to me. Like you don't get to call yourself that, right? So I have a whole bunch of stuff around that. But that's what I'm going to talk to you about. What is all that stuff about that? So come on in. Let me say hi to you. Um, 
And I'm I'm looking at the chart really quick to take note because this is such an important time for us. And I did give you a little quiz in there for you to answer the question, how many planets uh, are in Earth sign? <laughs> it's Earth, darn it. How many planets are in Earth signs? This is because I was so late getting this put together and it would not save. So again, another typo for you. That's how you know it's me. <laughs> if you don't see a typo, you've got to question whether that's me or not. So how many planets are in Earth signs in this wheel that I'm sending out? And if you, um, and I'm just talking about planets. I'm not talking about on the outer wheel. I'm talking about on the inner wheel. And I'll give you the answer here later, but you all make note of it, okay? And I'll tell you it's between one and seven, all right? Um, hi, Terry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, she's talking to uh, you're, you must be referencing Christy cause she is amazing at that. I suck at it. Uh, but that is true. And she does keep things in order. It's really, I don't know how she does it either. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to those, to the room, Tara. Thanks for being here. It is Tuesday. We love our Tuesdays. I know. Hi, Harriet. Thank you. Elizabeth Lindsay's in the house. How you doing, girl? Good to see you. Jane Barbone, thanks for being here. Hi, Terry. Yes, love back at you, honey. Vonda Guzman. Yes, yes, yes is right. Hi, baby. How are you? Vonda, life is so beautiful. You guys Google it. She sings, wrote and sings a song that will blow your mind. Um, hi, Jan. Thanks for being here. So sweet. Hi, Mary Kennedy. Nice to see you. Raven, thanks for being here. Hi, Doreen. <laughs> Sometimes I think I really would like notice and I wouldn't take it personally, but I noticed like when you all return, it's really sweet. It's like the familiar names are awesome. Mr. Greg, how you doing? Good to see your lovely name. I can't see your face. Hi, Linda, Harriet. Good to see you. Uh, Lioness. Ooh, wonder what sign you are. Hi, hi, April. Okay, you guys, here's the deal. I want to talk to you about what the essence of these signs are. I want to talk to you about the psychological nature of what motivates us. It's the most exciting part of astrology to me. I know it's the most exciting for you because it starts looking at our patterns and what we do and why we do them. And without a good foundation in astrology, you're just doing memory. But when you have this foundation, when you start relating it to something in your life and in your chart, you can uncover some things that are like, oh, my God, really. And that is the breakthrough of astrology. Now, I got that opportunity when I was in Morgantown, West Virginia. And at the end of the show, you are going to have evidence as to beyond a shadow of a doubt that will prove to you I have West, I'm a West Virginia native. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but I was in WVU and I had a copy of Love Signs, uh, Linda Goodman's Love Signs, because I don't know, it was a big deal at the time earlier, maybe about 10 years earlier. And I never had a chance to like have it and look up things because it was exciting to learn about yourself. And, you know, there was she was one incredible writer. There's no question about the woman's gift of writing. Uh, something I don't have, by the way, and I don't fool myself. I and mean, people can say, oh, you know, I don't say those things to get your reassurance. I'm pretty clear what my strengths and weaknesses are. I I can conceptualize and I'm good at orienting words together. I'm just really not great with the with the writing thing and um because uh, the concepts are complex when you put them together and I like being that person that is smart enough to know what he's good at. <laughs> at least mostly. So I was reading love signs and then something hit me and I said, "Why don't you just read it from cover to cover?" And that blew my mind that she is she was doing this incredible, uh, incredible hidden secret message to her estranged daughter. And she uses a Peter Pan metaphor throughout it. She talks so deep. I mean, who knew? Right. And here this person puts out a book called Love Signs and it's like it becomes an international bestseller. She kind of loses it a little bit. I heard she kind of she moved to Colorado and whatever her personal life, not my business. But the book was profound. And in that is when I knew there was so much more to astrology. That's literally the moment where I knew there was so much more than what I could possibly understand. And I started pursuing it. And I was lucky because um, I pursued it. I, I was at a time when psychological astrology was huge. Liz Green was out. I was able to find Liz Green, which is like when you all find Liz Green, you know, you're kind of finding like the the Jungian modern day. Psych you, you kind of fantasize Liz Green when somebody makes fun of you in astrology. You kind of fantasize 
putting her next to you. Remember in um, Annie Hall when they're standing in line at the movie theater and the, everybody's like, oh, I know this director and they're talking like they know everything. And so Woody Allen gets so offended, he goes and gets the director and says, tell him what you just said. <laughs> The director's like, you're wrong completely. That's the fantasy I have when somebody talks about astrology with a little bit, oh, yeah, I've heard of astrology or whatever. Um, You pull Liz Green out, right? And she's like, she blows you away because, you know, she's not only brilliant. I'm sure she she dons that British accent, even though she's from California. And she grew up in London, so I'm I'm not saying she's faking it, but she does have a lovely British accent. And is one of the most prolific authors around. I mean, you can't beat what she knows. And and so the elite astrologers have embraced her. And so I can't, I don't want to mess with that, you know, the psychological astrologers. But I took her in, in such a way that I was like, oh my God. And I chewed it up and I, I started putting it out in a form that I thought was understandable to the world, to me. And that's one thing that I do feel like I'm good at is translating information in a way that's palatable, uh, that people can receive. It's sun in the ninth. Remember, we talked about the placements of the houses alone. But in order to build on that, what I realized last week, um, a, lot, a, a couple people were saying they were confused. And, you know, I, I didn't want to build this idea of, of astrology without taking you guys with me. I thought we'd start at the basics. Um, but not basic, basic. We start at the beginning of astrology, the birth of the signs, how they come together in a way that will help you, I think, forever and ever understand this sort of thing isn't random. Uh, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Now, if you were on my mailing list, you did get the modality uh, handout. And I wasn't trying to withhold that from you guys. In fact, I was just looking now to see if there was a way that I could post it in the bottom of this room for those of you that didn't get to see it. And um, I think I can, actually. Yes, I can. So I'm posting it. Okay. To hell with the graphic designer. Uh, so um, it's loading now, and it's a big thing. So here's the thing. Um, there, there's two things that compose a sign, two things. I mean, it literally, you know how a sperm and an egg make a, make a being <laughs> in, in all beings. This is the same thing in astrology. The, this is the sperm and egg of astrology. It's the modalities. And we'll talk about what that is and the elements. And we'll talk about what that is. And it's still loading. This is the, the love of my internet. So just, you will, we'll, I'll tell you when it's up. Um, And it's very, very, very simple. And I don't want you to make it complex because it's so easy. It's ridiculous. A modality is simply, I want you to hear this. When we have four seasons, okay, spring, summer, fall, and winter. I didn't have to tell you what they were, did I? Okay, I'm I'm just hitting enter on this now. I think it should pop up for us. Okay, the chart's up. The modality chart is up. Now, We have four seasons. That's all I want to tell you. I mean, that's as easy as it goes, right? The modality, each season is has three stages. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's how silly it is. That's how easy it is. Period. Case closed. That is it. That's that's how you get the modality. What does that mean? It means it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It means it has an aggressive side. It starts. It has a stable side. It's in the middle. And it has a transition side or an ending side. It's at the end of a season. Every season has three of those. And there is one sign that starts that like the season of spring starts it. There's one sign that starts the season of summer, etc. Okay, now I don't want to complicate things too much. I want you to understand this. So there's the modalities. So the cardinal fixed and mutable. That's the, the technical names, the beginner, the starter, the stabilizer, and the transition person, okay, cardinal, starter, stabilizer, fixed, mutable, transition person, person, energy. All right, every season has one. Now, put that aside, and I could quiz you right now. What are the three, what are modalities? How many are there in each season? And the answer would be three. You'd know that. Now, see, you already know more than most, right? <laughs> now, the elements, you've all heard of the elements. This is the most important part because when you combine, there's four elements. When you combine an element with the modality, you have the sperm and the egg. They each come together to make a sign. 
And there's only one available for each sign. I'll show you how it goes. So what is an element? An element where you know that cardinal um, is uh, aggressive energy. The modality, the mode that the this, this, this season is in is talks about the energy. It's stable, a stable energy, an aggressive energy, or a, a transitional energy. In elements, you have fire, earth, air, and water. And it always goes in this order, fire, earth, air, water, fire, earth, air, water, fire, earth, air, water. And you're going, what's that mean? Write that down and later you'll see as you're studying astrology, you'll know exactly what that means. But right now, I just want you to hear there's four elements. And what do the elements do? The elements describe the ability to adapt to life in a particular way, how we adapt to life, the element. How we come into life. What is our goal? And that is what we do. That's what I'm going to tie into you with just because there's so many systems with the number four in it. But just to play with um, the defenses of Freud because Liz Green took us there. Um, and she added one more. He had three. And I know you've heard them before. The oral stage, the oral fixation, the anal stage, and the edible stage. And there's one more, the, the dissociation stage. We'll talk about this. It's not as romantic as the other ones, right? But very important because if you understand that one of the elements is going to be fixated in one of those defenses, then when you put them together with the modalities, you're going to have this incredible understanding of the, of the signs and what they do. It's just so much deeper than just saying um, fire signs are spontaneous and have a quick temper. What we want to know is why. We want to go deeper. And so, but before I can bring all those little technical things in, I want you to understand that there's ways to, ca so when, when you take a fire sign, okay, remember how it goes, fire, earth, air, water, and it goes cardinal, fixed, immutable. So I'm going to grab in the column of the elements, the, the word fire, and I'm going to grab in the uh, column of modalities, the word cardinal, and I'm going to bring that sperm and that egg together, and they give birth to Aries. Cardinal, aggressive, fire. We're going to say inspirational right now. That is the only combination that you can see that will ever happen. Uh, that there's only one fire cardinal sign. There's only one. And it gives us spring. And that is Aries. So Aries is the, the sperm and the egg of fire and um, uh, cardinal. Now, I'm going to go to the column again. What's after fire? Earth. I'm going to grab earth, and I'm going to go to the, to the modality table, and I'm going to grab the second one, which is fixed, and then I have fixed earth. And there's only one of those. The sperm and the egg of fixed earth comes out to be Taurus. So fixed earth. And lastly, the one example I'm going to show you is I'm going to grab in the um, element section air, and I'm going to grab in the modality section a mutable, I'm going to bring those together, and we get the transitional sign for the season of spring, the one that transitions us into summer, is Gemini, mutable air. And there's only one, mutable air. Can't find another one. So the foundation of every single sign of the zodiac consists of a sperm and an egg, one being an element and one being a modality. At certain time in the season, the modality, and a certain element. And it tells us so much about these uh, signs and what they're made of. Now, you can go through the whole thing and really quickly you can just go in order. Next is water. And then you go back to cardinal. Cardinal water is cancer. And there's only one of those. And anytime you see the word cardinal, anytime you see the word cardinal, you see, you can think of aggressive because it is. But you can also think of the start of a season. So if the word cardinal, if the sperm part of this um, zygote we're talking about, okay, of the sperm and the egg, if the sperm part is a, a word cardinal on it, it means it starts a season period, case closed forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Why is that important? Because if it's a cardinal sign and it starts a season, it's probably going to have some energy to it, some aggression to it, some, some way to assert itself. And you're going to want to know what that is when you read a chart. And you're going to want to know how many of those you have. What do you mean how many of those? Well, you have 10 planets in your chart that are represented in your chart. And they are each in a particular sign. And there is a way to add those up to see which you have the most of. What is your predominance? 
And it's not as easy as you think, but it's not as complicated as you might make it either. But for right now, you can just simply count them and see what you have the most of. Are you balanced? Are you not? We give a little more weight to the sun and the moon. Um, we do count the rising sign as one of the elements in the chart. Um, and then you just see what your propensity is. Okay. And, and, but you don't know what the meanings are yet. So you don't know really what your propensity is. But you might say, God, I have a propensity of what? Cardinal air. Or no, I have a, yeah, a propensity of cardinal air. That would mean you're a Libra. You have a lot of Libra in your chart. Or you might say, I have a lot of that. Or you might say, I have a lot of fire, but it's in all different kinds of modalities. It's a cardinal fixed and mutable. So we'd say it's a fiery chart. So your defenses are going to be fiery. And we're going to talk about what exactly that means. And it's not what you think. So now, can you put that on the shelf for a minute? And you see so you have the, the, the two things that compose a sign. And then I want to talk to you really quickly to go through the stages of defenses that Freud talked about. The oral stage is just simply when you were, um, you know, you, you suckled. It was about food. It was about, you know, uh, the sense of being connected. And if you got, okay, now I'm just going to really give you the dime store version. If you got stuck in the oral stage, it's not that you love to eat. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. Very little. It's that you love being connected. And if you're an oral type of personality, then your thing is going to be how you are connected to another, to, to, to life, to things, to what, to, you know, um, the sense of security comes to your ability to merge with something else. This is, we're going to give the oral, uh, the oral category to the water signs. We're going to talk about it. Okay, I'm just doing this really quickly. The second stage defense, according to Freud. Now, you can, you can hate Freud, you can love Freud, you can roll your eyes, whatever, but there's some gems in his work, and there's some gems in everybody's work. And Carl Jung is so much more accessible because he was so much more inclusive um, to us. But Freud had some points, and, and though he misguided them, I think, he took them to place conclusions that I don't agree with, and not many people do. Some of the early ideas are really great concepts to grasp onto, like the second stage. And it is really a big deal. Anybody that has kids knows that the second um, most important phase of their development is their ability to hold or not hold poop. <laughs> think about it. When you can take your, you, the first thing you can exert, exert control over that affects other people is your ability to eliminate or not eliminate. So translation into if you got fixated there, it isn't like you love to, to withhold your poop or not. It, what it is, is somebody who wants absolute control. Okay, somebody who wants absolute control over their environment. And oftentimes you'll see this personality development if they're stuck there as being very authoritative, very mean, very, very like assertive about what they want. And who do you think is going to get that attribute of what we're going to give that attribute to an element? We already gave water to the oral fixations. Who are we going to give um, the anal fixations to? Earth. Okay, so it'd be the earth signs that absolutely need control. And we're gonna talk about what kind of control and how, but we're gonna give them the, um, the second defense. Because when we say defense, we're talking about not necessarily bad things here. Okay, so in, in order to defend against starvation, we may work to get money to eat, okay? In order to defend against loneliness, we may mate. In order to, you know, so defenses aren't always bad. It's when we, when they become life and death, when there really isn't a life and death circumstance around it, is when we know we've become fixated. And we'll talk about that. But we're going to give earth signs, and we're going to focus a lot on earth signs today, because I think that's the easiest one to understand and get our head around. Um, the Oedipal stage, the Oedipal defense, is now we, we're into competition. We're into, you know, that's the story of when the... Um, According to Freud, it's the child of the opposite sex trying to, to win the affections of the parent of the opposite sex. But we know it's way beyond opposite sex. It's about just simply the acquiring, the elimination of the competition to acquire the prize. So edible people stuck are – when you're stuck in an edible stage, it's the fierce competition. It's the must be good at everything you do. Okay? And – who are we going to give that to? We already gave um, water to the oral. Earth got um, anal. 
Is it fire or air that is going to be this um, competitor? Yeah, I think it's pretty easy. Those are the fire people. And then lastly is dissociation. <clears throat> dissociation is something that was added on. He he alluded to. He didn't give it a name. But it's where you have the ability to sort of detach from the the issue. Like whatever it is that makes you be able to go, um, okay, I see these poor starving people, but I have to go to work. Okay, that is detachment. And sometimes it's a healthy detachment. But that dissociation we're going to give, that's a defense that we're going to give to air. Now, the reason that's fun to do these categories is because they, they are primal things that we can relate to. I think we can all relate to what our basic defense is and what our basic um, survival strategy is. Um, but if you understand somebody else's survival strategy, you suddenly look at the world completely different about what they're doing. And that's why we're going to focus on Earth today, because it's the, the material aspect of the, of the anal group. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I did not name these. Freud named them. Um, but the, the motivation here is, is what's going to change your mind about them. Because when you think about Virgo as being, oh, a perfectionist and orderly, you're completely missing the boat of the defense here is survival is to bring things together in a way that they make sense. And that is actually the Virgo motive. And, and I want us to talk about that. But let's first of all, let's talk a little bit about more about this Earth thing. Each of the Earth signs has a way of utilizing control in response to a threat that they consider to be um, to their survival. And it's a healthy uh, reaction. So... To break it down, you know, where there's a problem is when it becomes obsessive and when it becomes um, in, in place of everything else. So you think about uh, the – you think about Saturn is an earth sign. It's the ruler of Capricorn. And it, we always talk about Saturn returns and, and the uh, – what that means. But it, it is actually the, the, the planet that wants to preserve history. It's one that wants to preserve everything the way it was. Remember, Uranus was the one that wants to destroy it. But let's talk a little bit about the motive of Taurus. Like, let's just take a minute. Tauruses, the survival depends on this enduring and unchanging physical reality. You talk to a Taurus, you talk to a Taurus sun, a moon, a rising, somebody with a propensity in Taurus, they are going to tell you the resistance to change is really a defense from chaos. That's their fear. Okay. Earth signs in general want to avoid chaos. For Taurus, this this not wanting to change. Now, what is the 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 sperm and the egg for Taurus? You remember, fixed Earth. Their inability to change, what we consider inability, is actually their defense against chaos. Now, when we're going to get deep into this, we're going to eventually learn that chaos belongs to the element that's opposite earth fire and that's why they're going to be the opposite elements and, and you'd think water is the opposite of earth i mean i'm sorry you'd think um water and fire would be opposites they're not the true opposites which is the ones that you don't understand on any level which represent your unconscious fears are the ones that don't match at all earth and fire Okay, so so Taurus's defense here, what we're going to see Taurus's defense is the defense against chaos, the unwillingness to change. Um, and let's compare that to Virgo's defense, which is to create order against her. I say her because it's the goddess Astraea I think of. But what Virgos to, are trying to do against chaos is bring order to it. And how they do that is in knowledge. And so let's think about that for a minute. Everybody likes to give Virgo the perfectionist thing, which really belongs to Aquarius, in my opinion, um, and, and sometimes to Libra because of the perfect beauty. Virgo doesn't care about that. They don't care about the, that everything is just perfect. They care that it has a purpose, that it helps them, that it serves the purpose of them understanding life in a certain way. Otherwise, it's useless to them. Remember, we're dealing with earth signs. Earth signs need that tangible reality. And what are they fighting against? The chaos of fire. They're fighting against it. So Virgo's way to fight against the chaos is in knowledge, to, to be able to make 
and see systematic patterns of something that's typically seen as chaos. So it doesn't matter if the Virgo's house is turned upside down. You'll never meet a Virgo who doesn't desire or crave or notice some sort of um, order. They, whether they want the order. Like I've talked to a lot of messy Virgos who just laugh at the joke that they like everything neat. They absolutely notice what they're doing. They know where everything is. It, it is ordered to them. But also it's a, they know that this is that could look chaotic, but it isn't for them. Unless they're unhealthy and then that chaos is something that they've embraced and that's – they no longer have a defense against it. So – and that's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that later. So – but I want you to understand the motive because when you think that Virgo is trying to understand something so that it can fit into a pattern, it changes that from they just want to be neat freaks and, and uh, clean up after everybody. Virgos demand a certain kind of order. Now, you will know this if you know a Virgo and you see when they get um, – oh, my God. When they get loud, um, when they can start complaining outwardly, they're, they're entering a world of chaos and they're hating it. Their defense now is to, to demand logic, to scream at the world, to start picking it apart, to notice what's going on, to bring order back to their reality so that they can feel and rest in peace at the, at the lack of chaos they have now because order is the number one, the, the game, the name of the game. Now, we'll come back to these and, and sort of hammer them out, but I want to be able to talk to you about uh, the Capricorn motive to avoid chaos and this is capricorns is an interesting one because you notice that they have this sort of restraint um they do a lot of uh, i'll just say this like i notice this and you might notice it in your capricorns they have an ability to withhold okay they have a, a, a an ability to withhold emotion they have an ability to uh withhold approval because what what are they trying to do they their response to chaos is to get more control and one of the ways that a capricorn is going to get control because it is the gatherer it is the the cardinal of the earth signs it is the cardinal one and notice that of the three earth signs they each get one of the modalities okay so there's a cardinal earth there's a fixed earth and there's a mutable earth okay so it all sort of starts weaving together all the earth signs get one assignment of, of a modality in Cardinal Earth, what the deal is, is there's a – it's very important for them to understand their place. Everything has a place. Like Notice like Virgo, but for Capricorn in that Cardinal energy, it's about status. It's about where they fit into the entire system. Now, it could be that they are um, – because they want to know the rules, okay? This is the Saturn sign. They absolutely need to know the rules. What is the hierarchy here? Where And notice that Capricorn is insecure – if it looks like they don't know, like who's in charge, like, right? And if you know anybody, any Capricorns, they walk away from any of that shit. They, and I know Capricorns and I know Capricorn moons in droves. <laughs> the first smell of chaos and they are out. The ones I know. Because they can't find the safety and the anti-chaos in not knowing what the rules are. So they... They respond to knowing where they fit in, where, where everything is real. So Because in that, they're going to manipulate it the way they need to. Because it's all about manipulation. I'm not saying they're the only manipulative ones, but they are the cardinal ones. They are the ones that will act. They are the ones that will pull the plug. Okay, so you have each of the earth signs looking for a way to utilize control. And that's the, where it is in your chart is where you're looking to utilize control against chaos, okay? So if you have Virgo in one of the houses, which you do, knowledge is going to be important for that house for your understanding to avoid chaos. Wherever you have Taurus, what's going to help you avoid chaos is the um, ability to stay stable, to have something you can count on. Because the opposite of that is the, somebody threatens to leave you or somebody threatens to take your money away or the government says we're going to have a lockdown and it might change your financial situation. That looks like chaos to you. You're going to dig in. And with Capricorn, wherever you have Capricorn, it's where you have status, where you're looking to build status, where you're looking to understand the hierarchy. What's the truth here? Where do I fit in? And that's – if you take that now, you have – 
a definition of the elements that will now sustain you beyond just uh, Taurus's or greedy. Okay, their defense as being in that element is to avoid the chaos of having nothing. Okay, in their defense, and all of the earth signs, all of the earth signs, the issue is material. The, you look to the actual facts and figures to figure things out. Now, it goes a lot deeper, but if you have just that little bit, imagine as, if we look into the oral, if we, if we take the water signs and break them down into their ability to merge, we're going to get the same sort of reality, but we're, what we're going to merge against is not chaos, and, and it's going to be the... It's going to be dissociation. Okay, so whatever it looks like is dis, is dis, dis, what is it? Um, detaching an, a water sign from something, that's dissociation. That's their fear. The opposite of water is air. All right, I'm stopping. I'm breathing. I know people are like, okay, that's too much. <laughs> okay, let me look in the room and see how y'all are doing with this. You might be like, okay, who's on next? <laughs> Let me check this out. I'm coming down. Hold on just a minute. I'm hitting refresh. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Scroll back up. Facebook, you're so funny. Okay. I'm hitting the bottom. We're going to roll up from the bottom. Um, is Virgo Enneagram 1, Capricorn 3, Taurus 6? Woo, Rachel, look at you. Okay, so I love that idea. You have to be careful in the Enneagram because um, you can be a, you can be uh, an Aries one, right? The metaphor, the, the archetype for one would be Virgo. Absolutely. You nailed it. The archetype for three is Capricorn. And the, and the archetype for six, I would have never put Taurus there, but it makes absolute sense. So – Let's be with it, okay? And then, we'll, but I would be careful because not every Virgo is a one, right? And that's, but you're right about the energetics of it. That is, that's absolutely great. And I have to really take a look at it more. I'll look at it through these, this lens later, but great job, Rachel. That's good. Um, uh, thank you. <laughs> Your waxy moon earwax buildup is the only way I get to understand that moon. That's so good, Susie. Thank you, baby. That's so sweet. Um, okay. This triple Scorpio and Virgo North. No oh, thank you, Rachel. Yes. You're, and you, you do go deep. I get, I see that. That's, you can see the Scorpio motive here, right? And it's fun, right? You guys, because once we get this, imagine us going through the houses and understanding when your son, like I'm going to be able to to take my sun sign and strip it of its sign and put it in any house and talk about it from this perspective too. And you'll see the depth of that and how it changes everything. It's really kind of remarkable um, when you look at it just through that window. So thank you for playing with me on this. Okay, I'm still looking at questions, you guys, or comments. Um, hang, bear with me. Um, you know how Facebook does. It shows you the last five and then you, it takes you way to the top. So Linda Goodman went backstage in October at the age of 70. Went backstage in October 95 at the age of 70. Is backstage she died? Because that's cool. Um, thanks for that, Greg. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hi, Maureen. Hi, Norella. Okay, let's see. Um, Hi, Mark. I just listened to Seeing Cat. Great info. Question. I'm a Pisces. Is it normal under a Pisces moon to second guess your choices or to get wishy-washy? What is the theme and feeling of a Pisces moon? Well, that's a great question for today, uh, Aaron. Okay, so what is the feeling, you guys? It's uh, We're looking at the oral fixation. We're looking at the um, the desire to merge and not have thing, something be taken from us. Okay, so Pisces is particularly that. In Depending on your makeup, now that's going to be the difference. That moon is going to fall somewhere in your chart. That, and this is a great opportunity. If you look at the chart that I put up, it's today. It shows the Pisces moon. It shows what house it's in. If you do the same with your chart, where is Pisces and what house is it in? That's the one that might get a little mushy for you. You're right. It, it's I would say nostalgic. Wishy-washy is meaning that we drop our defenses, right? And because we're merged – and somebody goes, well, what movie do you want to go to? Well, uh, a Pisces deep inside would be like, whatever you want. It's just about being with you, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to say that. Um, <laughs> but it's like when you're in that Pisces state, it's like, so then what gets interpreted? Wishy-washy. It's not. 
it's I know exactly what I want. I'm just not necessarily willing to tell you. So under the Pisces moon, what you guys might want to look at today, especially if you have one, is a couple of things. And we'll talk about the week ahead because I think this will be very applicable. Um, think about how music is relating to you. Like, it's really funny. The song I picked today, like I said, it will ver verify that I am from West Virginia. And I adore this song because it is about true love in, in a way. And I want you, because the words are really easy to understand, but I can't wait for you to hear it. And I picked that today under a Pisces moon, not consciously. Okay. Just like things like that will happen. Music becomes different to you. The movies that we watch will, will seemingly, um, appear, a more intense. This is not the time if you're sensitive to watch a horror movie, probably, you know, nobody wants to see that when they're feeling this sort of nostalgia. Pisces also rules that imagination and it also rules the 12th house. So consequently, it rules people from your past. Under the Pisces moon, don't be shocked if people from your past start showing up. Now, this is just by one planet in the sky entering a constellation of Pisces. That's it. Just one little planet. It's the moon. Now, you know that this is the week of the crazy void, of course, moons, right? It's not tomorrow, but tomorrow, it's actually lighter this week than next week. But um, so I, I do want to talk to you about the week ahead because today there's more going on and I, I don't want to jump the gun. So anyway, Pisces, yeah, be aware of if you are feeling wishy-washy, if you are feeling nostalgic, you know, guys get this thing. This is a very, this, this is, I just realized this is going to sound very sexist. But so tell me if I'm right or wrong or, or where I'm at with this. I know for me, and I, I know men get accused of this a lot. So I know there's that it's not exclusive to men. It seems like a male thing. I don't know. Um, where you get, you talk through the other head you have, right? Like you, you pillow talk, you, you lie, do whatever it takes. Cause this reality, let's say you're just totally turned on by somebody. The, the reality changes. And all of a sudden, all you can see and feel and want is to be connected to them. So you will say, do, believe anything. Like, I want to marry you tonight, right now. Okay? Now, that, like I said, could be any gender. But the way, as a guy, the I don't know. Like, the I don't talk to women about that so much. So as a guy, they always, I always hear women talk about men in their pillow talk, quote, unquote. They're, they're all, you know, in that sexual stimulation, and they'll say anything and do anything. Okay, now, there are women like that. I know that for sure. So forgive me if it sounded sexist. I just want you to know I'm aware of that sexist part where it can drift into that. But, but this is me as a guy telling you. The point is that if you go into that zone uh, with Pisces, which you can, the zone of like, oh my God, this, I've never really noticed how beautiful it is. Or, or I had, okay. You ever had that high experience when you, you know, pot is not my friend, right? But the, one of the things that happens is I feel like when I'm stoned, I look at life like, oh my God, have I been living that way? Have I been like, you know, I'll get that critical mind going, right? Which is why I avoid it. But there's this moment, and here's the point I'm building up to. There's this moment when you snap out of it, okay? And you realize, oh, okay, never mind. And it's kind of like the next morning where you roll out of bed and like, ugh, okay, enough. I've been <laughs> just like, I need some a breather. Okay. And I know all genders do that. Um, but if you are on that day where you're the one going, ugh, enough, that's what happens when the moon enters Aries from Pisces often. So here's my point of all that jibber jabber. That when you, this week, in the next couple of days, if you start really merging with something or someone or you feel connected and soft and you want to like donate a bunch of money to the, to the Save the Something Foundation, and I have been in this boat a million times. I mean, I'll look later and go, oh, my God, where's that money? I, I, I can't believe I gave that away. That's rent money. You know, that's mortgage money. So if you do that, if you get all mushed out, don't go buy your car under a Pisces moon. Like, I'd rather you buy your car under a Mercury retrograde or a void, of course, moon than a Pisces moon. Because why? You can be seduced. You might want to be seduced. You know, people say, don't go to the grocery store hungry. I love going to the grocery store hungry because when I'm hungry, I know what I'm going to want to eat when I'm at home and hungry, right? <laughs> but I also know the curse because I buy 18 different flavors of that thing that I shouldn't be even having in the house, but whatever. So after the couple days, like Thursday afternoon at 2.26 p.m., whatever you've done with this Pisces part of you is going to look a little different. And when you know that, you might, you might 
stop yourself. Like when I'm shopping hungry, I might go, you know, when you're full, you ain't gonna want any of this. So, so I have to tell myself, put at least three of those choices away. And I'll do that because I, experience will tell me. So Pisces can mush us out. Yes, for sure. But is it mush is a judgment that an air sign might have about it, right? Because that's the opposite. Um, we could say it merges us. It feel, We feel intimate to another being, another thing, another issue, whatever. Now, tonight, the sun and Mercury are together in the same moment in time, in the moment in space, the same point in space at 7.02. So tonight, the moon and the sun, that Mercury and the sun are both going to be at about 14 degrees of Gemini, both of them. And what that foretells is that the this is the closest point. It's called a combustion. And what happens is this is the new cycle before Mercury starts going retrograde. It hits this new reset point tonight. Now, it's not it's not going retrograde until next month, but this is the point where we reset and we start preparing for the Mercury retrograde, just energetically. Uh, there's also a Mars retrograde. You might have heard on CA and Cat's show that there's a um, Mars retrograde at the end of this month. We are going to have a lot to talk about. I don't I don't fear retrogrades as you as you may know as you may know. So much got done. I bought my house under a Venus retrograde. Granted, I replaced every appliance and we had discovered that the refrigerator shelves were being held on by crayons. Didn't even look. Um, but guess what? I love the excuse to have to buy that stuff. <laughs> now it took a minute to get it all settled. I, and I could talk to you about brand names and all that stuff, but um, it took a minute. That was Venus retrograde. But you know what? It kept me occupied. I love that stuff personally. So, you know, it's like, nah, that's not right. We got to change it out. Or this is leaving a terrible smell, blah, blah, blah. So that's coming up. We'll talk about that. Now, tomorrow, if you have one of my astrological calendars that I talked to you about, not my astrological, Jim Maynard's Celestial Influences, or you have the app on your phone, it will show you a buttload of aspects mercury square neptune the moon doing eight things the sun squaring neptune because mercury is the sun would be and then um the moon hitting almost every single planet we'll see when you see the moon that active you know that it's going to eventually not hit anything and that's the void of course so anyway a lot of activity this week tomorrow's the last quarter moon those tend to be trippy like the moon tends to trip you up literally <laughs> because if you're off course from where your center is and that's, that's what these quarter moons will do. And they will do it. If you get off center, your your day will feel like it's beating you up, but it's getting you back to center. And I'm not just saying that, oh, every good thing, you know, every bad thing has a good meaning. I'm just saying to the degree that you feel beat up tomorrow <laughs> is the degree that you were off, off track. That's just it. So if you have a great day tomorrow, pat yourself on the back. If you needed some correction, just take it, you know, be happy that you get corrected. That's at least my interpretation of the quarter moon. That's what happens to me. Okay. Um, and then it goes into Aries and that's what I'm talking about. The snap out point. You might like snap out of it on the Aries moon. And that is Thursday on the 7th at about 2.26 PM. And it stays with us uh, all the way through, gosh, Saturday night. So that's intense. It's a long one. And that's like a spring energy. So we'll enjoy that. All right. Let me see how y'all are doing. We'll wrap it up here in just a minute. Um, okay, here we go. Oh, my natal chart had these little bar graphs. And the thing about that, Tiffany, about the bar graphs is you want to make sure you know how, what they were counting. Like, were they counting the house cusps? Were they counting the nodes? Um uh, it's it's interesting, but that's useful. You could at least see that you're cardinal and fixed. According to this, if they did it the way we would want them to, which I'll talk about how to calculate these in a couple of weeks, um, you would be you know mostly Earth, and your your thing would be to avoid chaos by control. And it depends on what Earth it would be. It looks like it's a mix of both Capricorn and Taurus just by looking at this little graph. Okay, and she said, I'm a Virgo. Okay, so. Look at that. Earth is for, and, and it's the mutable, the one that you have the least of. So um, that is the desire to have order, to avoid chaos, and a lot of it, actually, because you have a lot of Earth. Okay. Uh, Air, Gemini for me, God's second favorite sign. <laughs> Donna, you have been with me for so long. You remember me talking about cancer being the favorite, God's favorite, just to make people mad. Do you know people actually got mad at that when I'd say that? That is so cute. Yes, I had to tell Donna. It was, since she could, she 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 outed me on the cancer being the favorite. I said, "Well, Gemini is the second favorite," yeah, but 
you all know that's not true, right? Whatever. Um, but you should believe it. All right. Uh, no chaos, no drama. That's right, Linda. Okay, I don't mind and do embrace change as long as it does not breed a lot of upheaval. That's the big thing. And that being anal means I'll let the change happen, but I'll let the change happen when I want it to. I'll control how much of the dam gets to open up and let the water through. It, it, you'll hear that a lot in the earth signs. Um, Virgo sun, Taurus moon, Sag rising. Okay with order. Okay with chaos. Yeah, I bet so. Um, and it'd be interesting to see that Pamela, your Taurus moon, when things really do get like happen in a way that you weren't prepared for them to happen. Um, my North node in Virgo isn't just about perfecting anything, just searching for the purpose. Yeah, that's true. That's a, just looking for the, what it is to give me knowledge, to make things make sense. That's the goal of Virgo for real. This triple Scorpio in Virgo. Okay. Thank you. That's the th I read that earlier. Thanks, Rachel. Congratulations on the new job, April. Oh, I'm really sad. I won't be able to be in live chat because I work at 7am. You know what? Not having you here can't even be possible. So when you go work, I know you're here, and then you listen to the replay. You'll be you'll hear yourself all over this thing. So you make sure to have fun. That's awesome. And congratulations. It's so nice when things break through for us like that. Um, and I get it. I can't listen to all the radio shows I want to listen to. Um, all right, let's see. Uh two air sign parents raising a water two water sign kids. Oh my god, that is so funny. You know, that's another thing when we do the family thing. It, it breaks down crazy because everyone in my family, there's not a single water moon in the family. And it so whenever you have fire moons as parents, tons of arguments. It's just passion, right? That's not necessarily mean. But I grew up thinking that my dad was being absolutely abused. And it wasn't until, I'm not kidding, it was 10 years ago, we had him typed on the Enneagram, right? An eight, which is like the, you know, that's the, the eight. Donald Trump's an eight. Um, and, but my dad wasn't like that. He was like a family eight. But anyway, the point was he wasn't bothered at all. But I made a bunch of decisions about m men being abused, watching the way she would talk to him and the way she would hit him. Um, crazy. And you grow up and you see, oh my God, that was all put together wrong. Um, have you tried to correlate astrology? Yes, I have. Um, the Myers-Briggs does really well with astrology. And I think there's books on that, Rachel. Um, <laughs> you'll find it. Rachel, somebody did all that. That's really true. Um, and it's it's intense. It's really well done. And in, in fact, the Myers-Briggs is, um, all of these systems go deep. It's ridiculous how deep they really go. When I talk to somebody who's into the Myers-Briggs, it's like, it ain't just like INFP. It's like the deeper meaning of like one feeds the other and it's amazing. So yeah, there's books on it. I haven't necessarily tied them in too deeply because it's like, you know, it's almost like Gillette makes razor blades, but when they went into clothing, it failed. <laughs> Keep your focus. I have to stay on astrology. But even though the psychological aspect of this stuff is fabulous. Um, thank you, CA. CA's coming up next um, to embrace change. Pamela, it's not so much embrace change. Don't make it wrong. I want you all to understand this. Our defenses are healthy. When you see yourself resisting change, then trust that and see what you're doing to respond to it to make it safe for you. It's important that you earth signs avoid, not avoid, but that you manage chaos. It's important. Okay. Don't make it wrong. That's why we hesitate when we say these are defenses. Defenses are good. What do you think an immune system is, right? Okay. Coming around the bend here, you are going to hear, like I said, Susie Carr. <laughs> this is why I'm undeniably from West Virginia, because I heard this song and fell in love. Thank goodness. it's um, I have an eclectic palate, but I love this, and I hope you will too. Enjoy it. It definitely the romance I wish for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a beautiful week. I'll be around. Thanks for all your support. Remember, one, two, listen is how we roll. And we're going to have a big sale tomorrow uh, for hump day and from the quarter moon. So please join us. Uh, find a fun advisor and stay connected with us. Okay, you guys, until next week, this is Mark. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming. Bye-bye now.
She don't like her eggs all runny. She thinks crossing her legs is funny. She looks down her nose at money. She gets it on like the Easter bunny. She's my baby. I'm her honey. I'm never gonna let her go. He ain't got laid in a month of Sundays. Caught him once and he was sniffing my undies. He ain't too sharp, but he gets things done. Drinks his beer like it's oxygen. He's my baby and I'm his honey. Never gonna let him go. In spite of ourselves, we'll end up sitting on a rainbow. Against all odds, honey, we're the big door prize. We're gonna spike our noses right off of our faces. There won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. She thinks all my jokes are corny, convict movies make her horny. She likes ketchup on her scrambled eggs, swears like a sailor when she shaves her legs. She takes a licking and keeps on ticking, I'm never gonna let her go. He's got more balls than a big brass monkey, he's whacked out weirdo and a love bug junkie. Sly as a fox, crazy as a loon. Payday comes and he's a howling at the moon. But he's my baby. I don't mean maybe. Never gonna let him go. In spite of ourselves, we'll end up a sitting on a rainbow. Against all odds, honey, we're the big door prize. We're gonna spike our noses right off of our faces. There won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. In spite of ourselves, we'll end up a sitting on a rainbow. Against all odds, honey, we're the big door prize. But we're gonna spike our noses right off of our faces. There won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. There won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. In spite of ourselves. Yesterday a child came out to wonder. The seasons, they go round. 
Thank you.